listeners. We're happy you're here. Welcome to Exploring Education. Our focus is to provide our community at large with tips, tricks, and best practices for education, both at school and at home. Subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with what's happening and what we're thinking about. will not cut those waffles. There is something about this quarantine that makes my kids extra hungry in the morning. Waffles have become a new way of life. I'm not talking about frozen waffles. I am talking waffles from scratch. Well, sort of, since we always use a mix, but homemade waffles nonetheless. A few days a week, we make waffles. Actually, it's my husband because the kids and I have decided that he makes the best After the waffles are plated, I'm oh so tempted just to cut them and get it over with. For my three-year-old, I I cut her waffles, but something holds me back from cutting the waffles of my seven-year-old. I just can't do it. At her age, she has to be given the opportunity to do things on her own, or she will never know how. I thought about this one morning last week when the notion of cutting her own waffles just threw Annabelle into a momentary tailspin. She, for whatever countless reason, was easily frustrated that morning and got upset when she made a mess cutting the waffle. I could have swooped in, picked up the knife, and took over. I've been thinking of the concept of progress over perfection this past week, and I'd been telling myself all morning, I will not cut those waffles. So I didn't. I simply said, cut them however it works for you. Just eat your breakfast. Guess what? She did, and the day went on. So how, do, how does cutting your own waffles link to learning? Last March, I had the chance to hear Julie Linscott Haynes, author of the book, How to Raise an Adult, Break Free of the Overparenting Trap and Raise Your Kids to Success, speak locally. Julie's talk reminded me of the importance of providing our children with opportunities however messy, to develop independence and gain the skills required to become self-sufficient. Listeners, I highly recommend you look up some of her TED Talks or possibly read her book. Both are excellent. We've also spent, we've also spent time at Washington reading the book in our parent book club, The Gift of Failure by Jessica Lahey. This weekend, while I was preparing our newsletter, I looked up a Q&A from NPR with the authors from, of both books. I think it's worth the read to help us center the, on the idea that if we allow our children the chance to encounter and problem solve through, obst- through the obstacles that life presents them, they will be better off. Essentially, we have to give them a knife and fork and let them cut their own waffles. As an educator, independence is always on my mind. The reading recovery teacher leader who trained me years ago, we nicknamed her Elaine the Brain because she was just so smart, shared a diagram with me that I always post in whatever teaching space I find myself in. Right at the top is the statement, teach for the future, not for the book. The lowest level of efficient processing that a reader can do is when they appeal for a told and we give it to them. 
The highest level of efficient processing has to do with strategic activities, where readers are searching for information, they're monitoring their reading, they're self-correcting, and they're integrating meaning, what the book's about, structure, the grammatical features of the sentence that they're reading, and visual information, which has to do with the visual aspects of the word. As someone who works with children who are learning to read, the image reminds me of the importance of giving a reader the time and space required. And it's a lot of time and a lot of space to encounter and work through problems with text. Teachers and parents can be there to prompt, support, and guide, but ultimately, the reader has to do the heavy lifting. We can support the development of strategic activity. And if we do this, we will be helping our readers build self-extending systems for efficient processing that will move them beyond the book they are reading right now and help them each and every time they read in the future. read takes a really long time. It's messy and complicated. I'm including some audio from a screencast that I created a few weeks ago entitled Encouraging and Initiating Problem Solving for Readers of Writers. I hope that you can stay on and listen to some of the prompts I suggest that parents use to initiate problem solving. Give your kids a chance to cut their own waffles as readers and writers and let's see what happens. off, it's really important when your child encounters a problem in text when they are reading or writing, the biggest thing that we can do is be by their side. But first off, just wait. Give it about five or ten seconds before you jump in to help. And that can be really hard to wait that long. If your child instantly appeals for help, looks at you or you know gets discouraged or says something like I can't do it or I'm stuck something that you can say that's really simple is just to tell them to try it you might want to say something like how can you help yourself and one thing that I often say when kids look at me or ask for help I just say well what can you do so Sometimes I'll even just put a notebook down or a whiteboard and place it on the table before the reading session starts or maybe the writing session um, to encourage kids to give it a try. Writing down the word that they are stuck on is a really, really efficient and independent strategy for children to do. And sometimes I'll even just say, if a child gets stuck on a word and looks for help, I'll just say, write it. And oftentimes the act of taking their eyes away from the text to write the word helps a child with slowing down their decoding processes. So that might be an efficient strategy that you could try for your child as well. Some other things that you can say to encourage or initiate problem solving, again, is you could ask your child to say the word slowly. So you might just say, well, say it slowly. Think about the sounds that you hear. If they're writing, I often recommend that parents or you know, teachers even provide children with a practice page, a place where they can practice writing words that might be tricky or um, word parts, and that 
before they put that into the page of text that they're actually writing on. Another thing that you can do is you can tell your child to slow check it. We do that at Washington in the book nook. We have kids run their finger underneath a word and take a really close look at the word. So slowing down that process is gonna help them um, pay attention. If a child makes an error and they, you know, are indicating that they might have a problem or they're not sure, they, they think they made a mistake, but they're not sure, something that, that you could say is check yourself, make sure you're right. The next prompt is look carefully at the parts in the word. And you could ask your child, are there any parts that you know? So we want kids to be making links between words that they know and words that they don't know. So let's say your child is reading and they come to the word stray in a book, which might be a little bit tricky for a child who struggles with consonant clusters, that S-T-R might be hard. But that last part that says A, um, they might know the word play. So you might want to have them look for parts that they know. You could even use that whiteboard or notebook and you could write the word that they know. So you might write the word play and then talk about how they know the word play and they can use the, that known word to help them read the unknown word. Something you can do is just tell them to try it again and think about what looks right and makes sense. If your child is reading a text, a lot of the times teachers or parents might say, look at the pictures. Well, I like to tell kids to think about the story because eventually they're not gonna be able to use the pictures to help them because eventually we are reading texts that don't have pictures. So we always wanna be thinking about what's happening in the story or the article that we're reading. So if your child gets stuck, you might just say, think about the story, what's happening now? What would make sense? If your child's writing and let's say they skip a word, um, you might wanna say, read your writing again. Does it make sense? So we're constantly bringing the children back to the meaning that they're trying to portray and the message that they're writing. If your child gets stuck on a word and it's a word that you know they've seen at a different part of the text, um, and maybe they read it correctly on the page before, you might say, well, where else can you find that word? These are all prompts that are gonna initiate problem solving on the part of the child. You're guiding them, but you're not doing the work for them. And I think that's really important for us as parents and educators to remind ourselves of. We always want the child to be the one who's doing the heavy lifting. We're gonna be there to support them and guide them on the side, but they have to do the work. Anytime that your child makes attempts, we really wanna praise their attempts for problem solving. And if they are efficient in their attempts and they get it right, we wanna let them know, you fixed up a mistake, or something as simple as, you made it match. Sometimes kids just need us to tell them to keep going. Um, encouragement goes a long way, so we wanna praise the actions that our children are showing us that are efficient in their problem solving and just encourage them all along the way. Now, parents, it's important for us though to know that every day is gonna be different. Some days your child is gonna have more energy for reading, they might have a little bit more confidence, and then there might be other days where they're tired or they're just not feeling as confident as readers and writers, and you might have to take over a little bit more on those days. That's okay. You know your child best, and we recommend, especially at this time, flexibility in your approaches to reading and writing.
If your child's not feeling it or maybe they're not as motivated, it's totally fine for you to say, well, I'll read a page and then you read a page. Or even with their writing, if they're struggling and frustrated with getting started with writing, you can say, tell me your thoughts and I'll write down your ideas. So you getting them started is okay. As always, please reach out if you have any comments or questions and have fun reading. For more resources, we encourage you to visit our website at washington.rbusd.org and click on the programs link. If you select literacy interventions, you can have access to Mrs. McMaster's content and newsletters, as well as presentations from literacy events. If you're looking for school closure resources, we encourage you to visit our website as well and click on the 2020 school closure link right on the home page. We have links there that might be helpful for parents. Lastly, follow us on Instagram at Washington Explorers.